Music, news, entertainment, it's all right here. This is The Kelly Alexander Show. Hey, it's Kelly, and this week we chat with Canadian hip-hop artist Classified about his new collaboration with fellow hip-hop star, Shaw Claire. We also welcome Toronto-based producer, DJ, and EDM artist Tepno, talking about his rising career and working with artists like Jocelyn Alice. New music on the way as well for you to check out from Coldplay, Jeff Goldblum, and Alanis Morissette. We always love when this artist comes on the show as one of the most influential hip-hop artists in Canada with over 100 million streams globally, Classified has legions of fans and tons of awards. Classified has recently released a new single with fellow legendary Canadian rapper Shaw Claire called Hurt Everybody and is here to talk to us all about it. Classified, welcome back to The Kelly Alexander Show. Good to be back. How are you doing? I am fantastic. And you always know that I have a little crush on you. And I'm so happy every time you make time uh, for I, me. I got that feeling. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so right off the top, though, I have to ask you, can you t- tell us about how the idea came for you and Shaw Claire to collaborate on this uh, this new album? Uh, well, actually, it was the last time we talked, which was about a year ago, was the end of the Canadian Classic Tour. And we did. I ended up bringing Chocolair on tour for that, Chocolair Maestro Fresh West. And we've always worked together back and forth. And I was just kind of like, you know, what are you up to? And he wasn't really planning on us. So I was like, man, come out to Enfield. Spend like four days. Let me throw you a few beats and let's just kind of have some fun and make some music in the studio. And that's kind of what it started from was, you know, no business, no managers, nothing. Just me and him kind of going you know, let's make some music. He came out, we did seven songs in like two and a half days. And, you know, we were both pretty proud of them. I jumped in on one, wrapped on one and yeah, getting ready to put it out now. That is fantastic. So it really was like a four day situation. Cause I was like, that's some serious work. If you got it all done in four days. Yeah. And I thought it was going to be a lot of partying. Cause when we were on the road partying, me and Shox had a lot of partying and we got into it. So, you know, even, even the family down here, I was like, you know, chocolate is coming out for four days. I'm probably going to just live in the studio for four days. I thought we'd have some drinks, be partying up. And we didn't, we didn't drink nothing. We kind of stayed focused for four days straight, a little bit of smoking, but other than that, it was four days of very focused work and we got everything done. So we were pretty happy with it. How long have you and Chocolair actually been friends? Because I know, and I'm going to get to this a little bit later, but it's like he helped you out when you first got going, I think, right? Yeah, I don't think he was my friend. I was trying to be his friend. But like <laughs> in 1998 or 1999, like when I was first coming up, that was the first real tour I did. Like the first time I had, you know, five or six to get dates together and it was opening up for Chocolair. And, you know, I've said this before, but just the the first show, he came back backstage, talked to me and my crew, and he was just such an open, friendly person. Like, you know, me being a kid from Nova Scotia, meeting this rap star from, you know, Toronto. And at this time, like when Ice Cold was coming out, Chalks was the biggest artist in Canada. He was the first artist from Canada to go to the States. So it was a big deal. And just to see how cool he was, it really, you know what I mean, made me feel at ease. But at the same time, really taught me how to kind of treat people and how you should act in the industry. You don't have to act like you got this big ego and you're bigger than everybody else. You just kind of take it in stride. And Shox has always been cool like that. So Now, when you guys were working on the album, was there any sort of sub-level anxiety on your part? Because like in a way, like like you said, he kind of helped give you a kick in the pants like to get you going uh, a little bit back in the, the 90s. And now to sort of take on producing a new album for him, was there any sort of anxiety or was it just like, no, you and your butt are going to get this no, done? No, it was excitement. No, it was excitement. Like, just because, you know, we've over the years have become good friends and like living on the road for six weeks together, you really get to learn what somebody's like. And for me, it was like, I knew a lot more about Chocolare's personal life that I found that his music, he didn't know he was like putting in his music. And that was the thing that like when he got out here, I was like, man, like I want you to talk about the shit you've never talked about in the 20 years. I want you to talk about 
personal problems. You Like, I really want people to learn about who Chocolair is. And a lot of these songs on this EP, he really kind of steps out of that comfort zone and digs into personal things about Chocolair that you might never have heard of in the last 20, 25 years. So I, I was excited more than anything. Hanging out with us on the Kelly Alexander Show is Juno Award-winning rapper Classified. You can, uh, of course, follow him on Instagram and all the social media, Classified Hip Hop. Now, the first single uh, off the project has been released, and it's uh, a collaboration between the two of you called Hurt Everybody. So what's the song about, and was it an easy decision to make this the first release? Uh, not really. Like, we did the whole album. And, like, I knew we wanted to do one song together, but my thing was, like, you're here for four days. Let's just get everything you got to do. Once we finish these seven songs, I'll sit with them for a couple of weeks after you leave and see what kind of song hits me. And that one, it's weird because like I always call me and Chocolate the two nicest guys in Canadian hip hop. <laughs> and then to come with a single called Hurt Everybody, I think it just kind of threw a lot of people off. Like even people that check my music and friends of mine was like, I was surprised to hear this song from you and Chocolate. And that's kind of what we wanted to do is not hit people with what they've expected us to do, you know, for the last 20 years. You kind of get no get to the norm of what artists are about, what you can expect from them. With this one, I just thought it was so left field. I was like, man, this doesn't sound like anything that's out right now. Topic-wise, it's really different for me and him. So I just, I like the beat a lot. And it was just like something I wanted to write to. So we did that. Then he came down about four months later and we shot the video for it. Talk to us about the video because, yeah, you shot it in Enfield and who came up with the concept? And I think last time you and I spoke, you, you said that your brother has a lot to do with your videos, right? Yeah, he shot it. He's uh, Yeah, he's been shooting all my videos lately. We come up the concepts together. This one I came up with lately now that my brother shoots my videos. When I'm writing songs or when I'm working on them, I usually kind of come up with the whole concept in my head or some idea and then I'll sit with Mike and we'll collaborate on the idea. But yeah, this is kind of me and him. I just remember a pizza. I, I remember when I wrote my verse, I pictured me as a pizza delivery guy. And that's where the whole video started. We're starting there. And then we kind of went backwards and said, okay, let's set up Shocks. Um, and you'll kind of get the connection later. But like the way Shocks is walking into this, you know, park playground, the other video we shot from him ends with him starting to do that walk. So it's kind of like a continuation. So, you know, it started with the whole pizza delivery guy idea and kind of mixed around there with a bunch of people throwing ideas. And yeah, me and Mike just go shoot this thing ourselves now. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, our budgets for our videos used to be 20, 30 grand. Now we can go out and we literally spent like $45 on this video. Wow. Besides paying Mike for his salary, but he's a Half-Life employee. So he's doing hype man video, everything. But it's just, you know, if you get creative, the cameras they have now, the editing on, on computers, it's like you can do this for nothing now. And it really allows you to be as creative as you want to be now. Talk to us a little bit about, um, I guess, the business side of you, Class, because, like, you know, you've managed to make almost like you've got this compound happening out in Enfield and you're able to produce your stuff there and be around your family. And then now you're doing the videos there. Like, what does that mean to you that yeah. you're able to do this? Because I think, like, not everybody would picture this happening out east, you know? No, nobody does. That's that's And that's what I like about it. It's like... I'm very, you know, as you know, I'm a very home guy. I like to be around my kids. I don't want my kids to grow up with daddy on the road all the time. So I'll do my tour every year or two. I'll do some festivals, go for a couple of days. But I like to be in the studio. I like to be able to run in the house, go see the kids, come back out here. And now that we're doing videos, like, geez, I haven't been to Toronto in half a year just because of that fact. I used to go to Toronto because that's where we shoot all our videos. And now it's like I can sit in Enfield and make the song, write the song, record the song, shoot the video, and 
I only got to leave for tours now, so it's, it's beautiful. <laughs> That's awesome. And I suppose having your brother be a part of this makes everything easier because obviously you each have each other's back, so. Totally. And he's been, you know, he's been there since 98, since the first Chuck Lair tour. So it's, you know, it's good to have somebody in your corner that's been there since the start. Someone that's not scared to be honest with how they feel about something. And it takes a lot to get my brother Mike excited. So when I finally do something and he's like, oh, what's this? It's like, okay, I'm on to something now. But usually he'll be like, eh, whatever, man. I heard this song before. You rapped about this before. So it's good having that person, that personal hater in the background that can... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> tell you what's up when you need it. <laughs> That's fantastic. And I wanted to ask you too, because when you and I spoke last year, you were just, you know, wrapping up the tour and you told me you were going to take a break from your music for a while to kind of regroup and all that sort of stuff. And so uh, obviously you've done that, but I'm just wondering, like, you must have so many people now wanting to have you produce their songs because you and I have talked in the past. You've done Rhea May. You, you helped, helped get her started. Uh, you've helped David Miles. Mm-hmm. Like, how does the class figure out what he's going to do and who he's going to do it for? Just depends on, you know, people reaching out, finding different artists. Like, there's a guy coming over here in the next 20 minutes. I've never met the guy before. I've known he's done some music before. He's home for a couple of days. So he hit me up and just said he wanted to see what's up. So I'm like, man, come out to Enfield. We'll put on a couple beats, see what happens. But a lot of it's just organic. Like It's not like, you know, I got this plan, this plan, and this plan. It's kind of like, oh, I met so-and-so at somebody's show, and he loves my beats, and he wants to get together. So it's usually just kind of, you know, this week, what am I doing? Tuesday, so-and-so's coming over. We'll see what happens. A couple weeks ago, the Rec Laws were here, and we did a track together. And it's, it's kind of all over the place, whether it's hip-hop, country, pop, or whatever. And I'm just... I like to have fun in the studio, so I'm usually down to get in with anybody and try something, and depending how that first day goes, whether or not we kind of keep working together. That's cool. Now, I read on your Twitter feed that you would rather be spending time with your kids making music and shooting videos rather than hopping on the next social media app to get your music out. So how does it feel, though, for you, like, overall with social media? Like, I know you know it's important, but where does it sit in Classified's life? I don't know. It's like a battle every day. Like, you know, I I get it. Like, you know, nowadays people, fans or whatever, listeners want to stay connected with the artists and want to know what they're doing. And you're supposed to, you know, document that stuff. But at the same time, like I'm, I'm the father that's trying to convince my kids to stay off the computer, stay off social media. So for me to sit there and document everything every day, it's kind of hypocritical. So you know, I tried TikTok. I joined that last week and I was just like, what? You, you really got to put time in this to make it right. Like you're setting up videos, editing. And I'm like, I could be in the studio working or taking my kids bike riding. But instead, I'm sitting making these quirky little videos, hoping people pass them around and think they're funny. And it has nothing to do with my music. And it's just that's kind of the battle. It's like I don't mind documenting the stuff when it has to do with the art and the music or the videos and what we're doing. But when it's just you're trying to become a character so people like you more. That's kind of the part of it I never got into it for. Talk to us a little bit about the Canadian music landscape escape these days when it comes to hip-hop, pop, and R&B. Are there artists out there right now that you'd like to be working with? Yeah, a lot. But, like, honestly, like, a lot of the newer artists are doing such international things, which is amazing. But I guess I don't pay attention to the... Like, if you asked me that five, ten years ago, I think I was a lot more connected to the new, the new artists that are coming out. But... I don't know. It's just, I guess I don't have t- much time to listen to music or I'm just not interested in a lot of the, I don't want to say this, not all of it, but a lot of the sing, sing-songy rap. Like, I like rappers who rap and spit, not sing. So I'm kind of like in this weird battle right now where 
I'm kind of trying to discover what kind of stuff I want to produce. Do I want to stick with like the boom bap traditional hip hop that I grew up with and trying to find new ways to keep that fresh? Or am I trying to get into more of these trap drums and trap sounds and more, you know, atmosphere type beats that are more so in the mainstream and, and more so blowing up around the world right now. But, you know, there's a tons of artists that I always want to work with. Like I said, like I'm pretty much down to get in with anybody and try something. And I find a lot of the times the ones you don't know or the newer artists coming up, those are the more exciting times because they're just excited to try stuff, do stuff where a lot of the established artists know what they want and, know what the sound they're looking for and it might not be something i'm technically in so i'm like yeah this ain't really fun let's just finish the day up and call it a day type thing so you know lots of new artists there's a couple even here on the east coast that i've been just checking out and having over and stuff but nothing that's like yo this is the one for me i want to work with that artist still the old school guys it's still the red man's the the 90s artists like that that's actually something that i'm working on right now is going to new york with my brother and documenting me making a 10 song album producing for like 10 artists from New York that I grew up being a fan of in the nineties. I'm trying to put that together right now. So I'm hoping that's going to be a, a next little project that I'm working on. Oh my God. You have to keep me posted on that. Cause I think that's fantastic. And can I, can I ask you if you're going to do something with naughty by nature? Cause that'd be cool. <laughs> that's, that's, that's like one of my favorite crews of all time. So and it's weird. Cause I've been in the studio with Vinny and Tret or uh, Vinny and uh, KG, the producer and one of the rappers from naughty by nature in New York, like eight years ago, I went to a studio and they were there and I got a couple tracks from KG. He was looking for a new artist and, I wasn't really into the songs like I should have been, so I kind of just let it go and be what it was. But, you know, I've met those guys a few times, and those guys are like my heroes. So it's definitely uh, definitely something I want to do is get Tretch rapping on a track with me. That's awesome. Now, Rhea May, who, you know, you helped get going a couple years ago, obviously she's doing amazing things. I just want to know, like, where do you, like, what's your thoughts on her? Did you know she was going to blow up like she did and has? No. No, hell no. I don't think anyone does, but that's the cool thing. And that's kind of the same way I came up too. like when Rhea first reached out to me, she had no manager. She had no label. She reached out and said, hey, can I pay you to produce a couple tracks for me? And honestly, at this point, like I was so deep into my stuff. I was working on some David Miles stuff, uh, KO's album, I think, that I was kind of like, cool, you know, when I have a day off, you can come out and we'll, I'll work on some stuff. And that kept going for about a year. And Rhea just she's one of those artists that it doesn't matter who she's working with. She's going to figure it out because she's a hard worker. She's smart. You know, luckily I was being, I was a part of that and we put out, take your clothes off. That was the first single. Now talk to us a little bit too about you. Like I, we mentioned earlier that, you know, you've taken some time off from your stuff. Do you, like, I know you said that you, you want to work on this nineties album. So is that what's coming up next for classified? I got some new music done that I'm going to be putting out every couple months, just like a song and a video. And then next November, we have a full Canadian acoustic tour where it's like me, my guitar player, my keyboard player, my drum machine. And it's a total different show. So we got that coming with an album and a book kind of documenting my whole life. We just started working on that. So That's crazy. So who's helping you? Like, are you doing the book on your own or do you have a ghostwriter? No, no. I got a, a writer that we found out in Saskatoon. We reached out just to fans and found somebody that's really deep into it. Who's wrote for like the national. He's done a few different things, some national publications and stuff. And we got a publisher from down here that's taking the book on and kind of helping us put it together. Cause I've never done a book. I have no idea where to even start with that. So we got somebody that's helping put it together and kind of just bringing out my story of being like a small town kid from Nova Scotia, 
becoming a rap star. Wow, that's awesome. And and how have you found the book process so far? Like, it, like what do they want from you? Is it all stories that you We're, just kind of tell We literally them? just signed the contract last week like, okay. just to confirm the business. So the business is all done. So this guy's flying home from Saskatoon for six days. We're going to sit down and just talk for five or six days. He's going to take all that information home, start putting it together, and then a lot of FaceTimes, I figured, back and forth. That's really cool. And uh, I did have to ask you this. Is there a song, because I know, you know, you keep your ear to the ground uh, depending on how you're feeling about things, but I'm just wondering, is there a song in the last 12 months that you wish you had written? Jeez, now you're putting me on the spot. (laughs) There's a million of them. Uh, Did you listen to Gangstar's new album? I have not yet, but I I knew they were coming They got a song in there with J. Cole that's pretty dope. The beat's really cool. Um, That album I've been listening to more than anything, so I'll say that one. Just the way that beat sounds, you got the J. Cole feature on it, and Guru, who I haven't heard in 16 years, so... Just, I like nostalgic that brings me back to a time, and that song brings me back to a time. That's awesome. And uh, with regards to your acoustic tour, when is that going to start happening? End of October. Uh, we're doing some East Coast dates, then we fly out to Vancouver for November and then come back all the way. Okay, awesome. So you will be coming here to Montreal? We'll probably be ending in Montreal again, like last time. That's perfect with me. I'm, I'm down with that. And uh, any message for your Montreal fans before I let you go? Uh, just thanks for the love, man. Like, I've been there countless times i can't even count anymore and, and that's how we ended our tour last time i actually saw a picture this morning what day was that show did you say that was i the 17th okay i seen a throwback picture on my facebook this morning and it was the last show in montreal everybody on stage it was just such the perfect way to end that tour so you know every time i come to montreal people show a lot of love it's much appreciated perfect well i send you a big hug thank you so much for doing this and you're always welcome on the show of course all right thank you kelly you too that's juno award-winning rapper classified follow him on instagram at classified hip-hop the kelly alexander show bringing you fresh sounds like this is back with their eighth studio album called Everyday Life. The album is 53 minutes and it's divided into two halves, Sunrise and Sunset. The song you're hearing now falls under the sunset side and is actually the title track to the album, Everyday Life. As you can tell, the song is a ballad and doing what Coldplay does best, they sound melancholy, but it works for them. The band is not going to be touring this album in a conventional way, by the way, because Chris Martin and the boys are trying to be environmentally friendly and not leave a huge carbon footprint touring all over the world. Here are the reasons I eat Reasons I feel everything so deeply when I'm not medicated And so I said I am buying a Lamborghini To make up for these habits to survive the sick industry Alanis Morissette fans have lots to be happy about. First of all, there's her new song that we're listening to right now called Reasons I Drink. That's an amazing title. Then there's the fact that a new album is on the way called Such Pretty Forks in the Road. And to top it off, she's going to be heading out on tour in 2020 with tons of dates in the U.S. And hopefully more will be added right around the world. Actor and musician Jeff Goldblum recently released a new album, I Shouldn't Be Telling You This. 
He's now back with some music for the holidays, his take on Winter Wonderland. Now keep in mind this is an instrumental track of course, but very jazzy and very cool. And by the way, if you haven't checked out Jeff's new album, you should. It came out last month and it did make it to number one on the jazz charts. New music on The Kelly Alexander Show. We're excited to chat to our next guest, Toronto-based producer, DJ, and EDM artist Tepno. Tepno has shared the stage with acts like Steve Aoki and the Chainsmokers and has hit the streaming charts as well with songs like The Best Crew and Swear Like a Sailor. He also has an amazing collaboration with Canadian pop artist Jocelyn Alice called Never Been Hurt Before, which got radio support right across the country. Tepno, welcome to The Kelly Alexander Show. Hi. (laughs) Thank you so much for doing this. And uh, I have to start off by asking you a little bit about your collaboration with Jocelyn Alice because that's how I found okay. you and uh, I'm a big fan of hers and so when I found out that you guys did something together I was like I gotta check this dude out so how did your collaboration with her come about well I mean I've, I've been a fan of her music for a while so uh, I've, I've I initially heard her uh, through jackpot and just listening to that song on the radio and so uh, I don't know. We just uh, over the years we uh, started having a good relationship, and uh, and uh, that song seems like it it was it was going to be the song that we were gonna collaborate really hard on together. <laughs> That's awesome. And did you know that you guys had a hit on your hands when you produced it? Like, did I you knew. know something? Yeah, you did? I knew personally. Okay. So it was like uh, a I, feeling? Like how, how it worked is I actually, I mean, I got the, the song from her and uh, it was it was a very, very slow piano ballad. And so I just, I just put a full production on it and then I thought, okay, this is really, really good. This could probably be a hit song, but uh, I'm not even sure that my record label is going to release it. So I didn't send anything to to my record label. Oh wow! Okay. So yeah, um, what happened is uh, apparently my manager was uh, was just sharing a few songs to them, and and they heard that specific song, and uh, they thought, okay, we should push that song on the radio. Uh, well, it worked. <laughs> It's oh, a yeah, great definitely. song. And actually, I have to ask you this: uh, Have you been in the car yet and heard the song come on? Uh, yeah, a few times. Okay, and yeah. what did that feel like? Oh, it, it feels great. Uh, I mean, the thing is, like, I, I'm just not that kind of person that, that gets, like, so excited about, about so many things. It's, for me, it's, it's an extra thing to add. You know, it's, it's one, you're, you're one step closer to, you know, to, to maybe another hit song and to, you know, to another big collaboration. So, I don't know. I if you'd ask me maybe uh, five six years ago, uh, I'd be I'd be super super excited. And now it's like I have a song on the radio, and yeah, it's it's definitely exciting. But I know that it's also I have to I have to work really hard for the next songs coming out. Because it puts a lot of pressure on me as well. Oh yeah, for sure. I've uh, I've read yeah. that before about producers and songwriters. Once they have that first you know song that does well, then they're like, oh my god, I gotta I gotta follow this up. And yeah. I wanted to ask you too, how do you describe your sound? Because I was reading you know as much as I could on you before we did the interview, and I read an interesting um, I guess article or, or or something something that I was reading about you where it said they feel like you sound like Kygo and that you have a really good tropical yeah. house sound. Do you do you like that comparison? Do you hate it? I mean, initially when I started, I, I did start uh, by getting influenced by Kygo 
and by getting influenced by uh, other artists like Nora and Pure and and Robin Schultz and uh, artists like that, I I kind of I I I didn't really know that that kind of music could be made. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I think in in that sense, uh, they were definitely uh, pioneers. Um, and at the same time, I was getting their support on on the earlier releases that that I released and even even on some of the releases now I mean some of the some of them show up on Kaigo's playlist on Spotify so like we're we're pretty uh, it's it's a very small uh circle I find in, in the music industry mm-hmm. where everyone kind of they kind of know what everyone is is doing and so like I've I've collaborated with people who've worked with Kaigo and you know so it's not like uh it, it it's not like it's an it's an odd thing for for people to say that you know my sound is is similar to his style and everything. I mean, back in the day, uh, his manager had shared interest to manage me as well. Okay. So so it's not like it's you know it's not just random or anything. That's awesome. And are you like? Do you have a, a specific way that you categorize your sound, or do you keep like, or do you think you're just constantly evolving? I uh, personally, I, I feel like I'm I'm a chameleon in the sense that uh, I I do have I do have maybe a, a sound to whatever I make, but I just I just try to see where it's gonna take me next. I'm just trying not to stay at the same place uh, as as I was maybe four years ago, and like I think that song never been heard before. It, it was a huge departure from from anything I'd ever made, and so, and and I think it's a testament of like how I am as a producer and how I can how I can kind of conform to to whatever's happening right now, and not just do stuff that you know I feel a hundred percent comfortable with, and you know it's always about getting out of your comfort zone, and just you know, experimenting, seeing, seeing what's out there, see, seeing what's doing good, seeing what maybe could be after all that stuff. So I, I mean, yeah, I find a lot of stuff I do is very like soft dance, uh, very lo-fi dance, but then now I'm releasing stuff and it sounds a bit like future bass. And so, uh, and, and it's not like odd or anything. I mean, you know, I, 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 I listen to a lot of chain smokers like like you said I open for for chain smokers and and we've kept a good uh, relationship with them uh, through my manager too so and and uh, I don't want to spill any beans but like I have I have a few instrumentals of of chain smokers on my on my desktop and like I'm thinking in my head well maybe I could reach out to them and and just write a song to whatever they sent me you know. Mm-hmm. So I, I always have like a so many so many things like I have chain smokers I have uh, Don Diablo stuff I, I have so many things and it's like you know it, it's great to to try to make songs with these people but I, I don't know I, I at the end I'm just I'm just happy I can I can try to make something new and make something fresh and and see where everything goes really. Joining us on the show is producer Tepno. You can hit up his website for all of his social media handles, tepno.com. Do you have people on your bucket list, Tepno, that you really want to work with, like like maybe just vocalists? I mean, uh, as far as as far as vocalists, I mean, would be awesome to do a song with Post Malone, but I'm not too sure if uh, if that could be made. 
I mean, he's so popular these days. I've been trying to uh, to do a song with Louis Capaldi. Okay. I mean, I, I know like a few years ago, uh, I used to talk to him a lot and I did so many remixes for him like back when back when he wasn't number one yeah. on the charts. But as soon as I heard his voice, I was like, okay, this guy is like amazing. You know, this guy's going to become huge. So the fact that now he's like a huge name and everything, I'm so happy for him. And uh, I don't know, I, I, I can think of, of a few artists, I guess. Uh, I mean, it would be cool to make a song with Ed Sheeran. Uh, I'm trying to think uh, of a few artists here and there. But uh, I mean, it would be, would be awesome to make a song with Future, actually. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, that would be like very, very uh, kind of genre-bending uh, genre and how is it being in Canada, like being an EDM producer in Canada? I know we actually have a lot of solid music that like that that does come out of, of the country, but I think for yeah. many people, Canada to them on the music front is still like rock rock bands, you know, even though yeah. you know we bring the the weekend and Justin Bieber yeah. and Alessia Cara, but I think the the perception is that we're like a rock band country. So how do you find being a producer in Canada has worked out for you? Like and do you think you're ever gonna have to relocate? I think I think being a producer, uh, especially EDM in Canada, is a blessing because you can actually uh, find your sound, find yourself uh, instead of instead of going to L.A. and, and feel like you're competing with everyone. Um, I mean, I, w I, w I was in L.A. a few weeks ago mm -hmm. just to produce a bunch of songs for, uh, you know, try to find uh, maybe the next song for me and and. Uh, it just seems like there's so many talented people there that that it can feel a bit overwhelming uh, in the sense that, you know, you, you kind of realize you're not the best, uh, you're not the most talented person uh, doing what you do. And there's a lot of people who, who are super talented, who are super unknown, and it, it, it can be daunting, I find. So it, it's great for me to, to like come back home, come back to, to Canada and and just you know work on work on that stuff and not feel like like you're competing with anyone you're you're mostly trying to you know you're mostly trying to like i don't know outdo yourself in in a in a way and you know it it's not it's not really a competition uh, at the end of the day i mean there's so many spots on spotify to for people to listen to music so if they don't like something they can just you know switch to some somebody else but um yeah, I, I think I think being Canadian and and making music, being a producer, I, I think it's great. I I don't think I would have been able to uh, maybe find myself uh, as much if I was in a in a bigger market. I feel like I would just be stuck trying to do literally what everyone is doing, and I think that's a problem because then you then you forget that why you're making music. I mean, you're making it because of self-expression, because of the artistic side, not because you're trying to find the next hit per se or any of that. That's really great because I think so many people get caught up into, like you said earlier, that next song. And then you get kind yeah. of on this like um, wheel of, of never being able to get off because you just think you have to keep proving yourself or what have you. So I think it's great that, that you mm. remind people that it's about um, your art first, I think. And, and what would you say to, you know, young producers that you know, want to have a career like you have, um, like what, what would you be your, your main piece of advice to them? Cause I know it's probably a lonely road. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. Uh, 
I mean, I'm by myself so often and, and, uh, I, I think people should collaborate with other people. I think that's, uh, that I, I think, I think if, if someone knows someone who's, who's doing good, um, in the industry or whatnot, I, I do think some kind of mentorship is, is so important. Um, I think it's important to find your own sound, uh, as much as, you know, what I'm saying, you know, seeing what everyone else is doing and see what's hot and everything, you, you still need to have your own sound, especially if you're not a singer. Mm-hmm. So, but I say, if you're a singer, focus on writing great songs and focus on, um, getting great emotion in your, in your singing. I think, I think it's very important if you have a, a unique singing style, if you have a unique production style, I think you're, I think you're going to rise above, above the rest. Like if I'm not, if, if, if someone can listen to you and not already put you in a box right away, I think that's when you have something there. And I feel like people will, people grasp the stuff that, that they find is, is honest and, and true to someone. Like I find people can, uh, can kind of decipher what is, what is real from what is, uh, seemingly, uh, fabricated in a sense. I agree. That's a thousand. And I think that's like one of the first keys of songwriting is to write what you know. So I, yeah, yeah, yeah I think and sometimes that, it's painful. Yeah, exactly. Uh, exactly. And I did want to ask you too, you know, now that you've had the success with, uh, Jocelyn Alice here in Canada, do you have any thoughts of wanting to work with maybe some other Canadian pop stars, um, you know, to, to kind of use both of your uh, statuses to, again, keep getting radio play, like maybe like a Rhea May or a Dan Tilefsky or a Tyler Shaw? Yeah, I actually know a Rhea. Okay. So, She's yeah, great. Yeah, I've, I've actually uh, written uh, with Rhea and uh, uh, I've actually gotten a song uh, uh, that she had written that she thought was probably be, would probably be a good fit for uh, for Tepno. The thing is, though, um, my label also has other plans. Oh, okay. So, I mean, they're they're sending me uh, other songs. Um, a few years ago, we, uh, me and uh, Trevor Guthrie uh, and and uh, another producer named Togs, uh, we we had uh, we made a full song together and everything, and and uh, I was about to push it uh, to the label, and um, they didn't they didn't even like the track. Well, I mean, they didn't like it. I mean, I'll I'll explain a bit more. But uh, two years later, then I hear that my label's actually releasing that song uh, with a different artist. Wow. So so it, it, it I understand it wasn't a good fit for me, mm-hmm. but at least it was a good fit for another artist. So so I think it's it's great in that sense. Like when when you get a credit like that then you're just you're just thankful that the song is getting out you know especially when it's a good song but yeah like i have i have a few names uh here and there that i really want to i really want to work with and uh and i keep getting some really great songs from uh from trevor guthrie from uh from angeli uh from uh from ria may and uh it's bound to happen Mm-hmm. that that I'll be working with these people because because like I said I mean in Canada the it it's so it, it's so small the market that that when when you start getting a little bit of recognition then everybody else kind of joins in and they're like oh yeah you know like you're pretty good I want to work with you and you know it's a lot it's a lot of collaboration in that sense I mean like I've I've worked uh, I've I've 
made songs with uh, Fifi Dobson as well. So, and, and, and some of those songs, I mean, they're still kind of like in the pipeline. So I have so many songs that are just, they're just ready to, to come out. And sometimes labels are like that. They, they want to make sure that, you know, that they're really, really happy with a song and that they can push it as hard as possible. So I, I totally understand their perspective. I mean, I actually have a, a great song that will be released, uh, you know, maybe uh, within a year. I have a great song with uh, Katie Tunstall. Oh, yeah, that's amazing. It's a very, very odd pairing. But uh, yeah, I went to her house and uh, we, we made two songs. And definitely one of them is, uh, is, is a song that would probably do well, uh, who knows, maybe on the radio and uh, definitely on Spotify. But, uh, yeah, like I'm just that kind of person. I just produce so much music and, and I produce it so fast that, that I always have so many songs, uh, in the pipeline. So I, so yeah, (laughs) sorry. No, that's that's, good. That's great. I kind of forgot what the initial question was. That's no, I think you answered it earlier (laughs) on. So that's cool. And I, I did want to ask you too, just based off something you just said too, with the amount of music that you have in the pipeline. And I know that you said you have, um, you know, you're signed to a label and you have a manager. I'm just wondering, uh, you know, like, is it, um, I guess, a joint decision between you and your manager and the label to figure out what's coming out next? And does is, and does sometimes it get frustrating for you that things oh, don't yeah. get released as fast as you'd like? Oh, yeah, I, it's definitely frustrating. There's there's so many songs I thought were maybe hits and the label didn't release. And, and that's OK. Uh, personally, I, I don't have any hard feelings on that. And and I, I find I find the label they they feel sometimes like they don't have my back and then they have my back really hard, you know? Yeah. But I understand that because they're working with so many other artists. I mean, they focus on Stevie Oki stuff. They were focusing on Kygo's music. So it's like, so it's like when you're, when you're not like as big as these people, then you feel like you're, you know, you feel like you're a bit uh, third to fourth, fifth person down the line. Uh, yeah, because I mean, they're obviously going to push the the artists that have that have a big big fan base and uh, you know a lot of uh, a lot of movement and uh, and yeah, it's it's uh, it's a juggling act and uh, we're like I find we're we're all understanding of that you know the label my manager uh, my publisher we're all mindful of all that stuff and we understand that that you know. There's going to be lots of challenges uh, to get songs out and everything because obviously everyone has a different idea of like, of like what what should be out, what what the, my project should be like, and, and what it should release. So it's I I think honestly I think the the record label usually has my interest. Uh, uh, I, they they have my interest, and and I mean sometimes. I just want to maybe push a little bit more, push into a different direction. And and it's pretty normal for them to say, hey, well, you've never really done that kind of sound. Maybe you should, you know, you don't want to alienate uh, your own fan base, you know. So... Yeah, <laughs> that's cool. Now I wanted to ask you too, um, because you you produce so much music and and you know obviously have a lot of irons in the fire. Uh, do you have specific plans for the next six months to a year of things that you definitely want to accomplish? Um, I mean, I I mean I got a, a song uh, from uh, from Ultra yesterday. Uh, 
they just sent me a song with uh, this artist, Ella Henderson. Uh, you probably know her. I do her. know her. Yeah, she's amazing. Yeah, so they sent me a song. I think it's a great song, and now we're going to figure something out with that song. And uh, I'm, I, I really want to get a full production on it and everything. And, you know, I, I heard the track, uh, I think, yesterday. I think it's a hit track. And so, and, and it's, it's a hit. I think it's a hit track. It has a good message. Personally, I, I like stuff like that. I, I don't want stuff that's too uh, manufactured or it feels like, you know, the songwriting was forced or anything. Mm-hmm. Like I, it seemed like I heard the song, it's called, it's called Bored, Bored to Love. Uh, and uh, it, it seems like it's coming from a good place. Yeah. Plus she's very popular. So I think it would be a good fit for me, and and I know Sony TV and Ultra, they, you know, they have my best interests, and and they want me to do well. So, so they've been kind of thinking of, uh, you know, the next upcoming song after Never Been Hurt Before, and maybe thinking more on a global scale too. Right. So, um, well, that's, that's awesome. That's fantastic. And I, I mean, like I said, the song with Jocelyn is so great. And Ella Henderson is an amazing, uh, British artist. So I can only imagine great things. She's fantastic. So, uh, you're welcome back on the show when that's done. So I can't can't (laughs) wait to hear that. Uh, so Tepno, thank you so much for spending time with us. It's really been awesome, especially because I think a lot of people don't understand, uh, the amount of behind the scenes efforts that have to go into dance music. I think a lot of people think it's, you know, a a guy pressing a button on his computer and that's it. And that, that really frustrates. <laughs> me because I'm a huge fan of like I've been a huge fan of, of artists you know as far back as Crystal Waters and CeCe Peniston and all that stuff yeah, and yeah. I just don't think people realize how much work has to go into making yourself uh, successful and sustainable as an EDM artist so congratulations on everything and can't wait to have you back well, thank you. Thank you for having me. That is uh, producer, DJ, and EDM artist Tepno. Again, you can hit up his website for all of his social media handles, tepno.com. Here's what's been going on in the world of music and entertainment. Not surprisingly, 2019 was another big year for Netflix, with popular shows releasing new seasons like Glow and Mindhunter. Well, some numbers have been released, and here are the five most-watched shows on the flicks this year so far. So fifth place, The Punisher. Fourth, 13 Reasons Why. Third, Orange is the New Black. Second, Lucifer. And the number one most watched show, Stranger Things. And by the way, Stranger Things was also the most binge watched and most talked about series this year. There had been some rumors flying around that this was going to be the last year for The Simpsons. Well, thankfully, one of the producers of the show has let it be known that those rumors are absolutely false, even though they came from the composer of The Simpsons theme song, Danny Elfman. The show has been going strong since 1989. It was named the 20th Century's Best Television Series in 1999, and it is currently the longest-running U.S. sitcom of all time, having aired 670 episodes. Another movie is getting a reboot, 1993's The Fugitive, which starred Harrison Ford and Tommy Lee Jones. It is heading back to the big screen. Now, there had been plans to reboot this movie as far back as 2009, also in 2016, but those plans fell through. This time around, though, it is all systems go. The head writer, producer, and director are all in place, although at the moment we do not know who will be taking over those starring roles. Whatever they do, though, they've got some pretty big shoes to fill. The 1993 version picked up seven. Oscar nominations and won Tommy Lee Jones a Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars. Season 3 of The Crown dropped just a couple of weeks ago, but the cast is already hard at work on Season 4, and you can expect to see some new characters, including the X-Files' Gillian Anderson, who will be playing Margaret Thatcher, and Emma Corrin, who steps in as Princess Diana.
Thank you so much for spending time with us on the show this week, and a huge shout out to our guests, Classified and Tepno. My thanks, of course, to our amazing producer, Adam Brisson. Don't forget that you can subscribe to us on all the major podcast platforms, Apple, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher Radio. We'd also love for you to grab all of our social media handles by hitting up our website, kellyalexandershow.com. Have an amazing week. You and I'll chat soon. The Kelly Alexander Show.